Hello, everyone. In this week's episode of the Hewlett Packard's Lab podcast from Research to Reality, I have a great honor and pleasure to talk to Liang Ji Kao and Faraz Ahmed. Hello, gentlemen. Hi, Liang. Hi, Liang. Uh, as you know, uh, Hewlett Packard Enterprise is uh, edge to cloud, data driven platform as a service company. Last week, we spoke about accelerating edge. This week, we're going to talk about orchestrating edge. Yes. Uh, but before we go there, uh, I'd like our audience to learn a little bit more about you. So, wh- how did you, uh, wh- what is your current role here? Um, yeah, so my name is Lian Jiechao. Uh, I'm currently a researcher in the Network and Distributed Systems Lab. Um, I joined the lab in 2018, and ever since I have done projects about um, serverless computing, edge computing, machine learning, and stuff like that. How about you, Faraz? I'm also a researcher in uh, Networking and Distributed Systems Lab, um, and I joined the lab in 2018 after I graduated from Michigan State University. And uh, since then, I've been working on problems uh, related to networking and uh, distributed systems. Um, uh, I'm interested in uh, applications of machine learning and AI algorithms for network management and orchestration. So you told us, Faraz, about your path from Mm -hmm. graduation to here. What about you, Liangji? What was your path? Yeah, so I got my PhD from Purdue Computer Science in 2018. And actually before that, I did a fairly long-term internship uh, with our with the current group ever since I think back to 2014. At that time, we did some um, re- research and projects about a network function virtualization. And I really enjoyed that experience. So after my graduation, um, Puneet said there is a, oh, uh, a full-time job here. Do you want to try it out? So I just came here. Did you have any internships? Is that uh, something you... I did internships in uh, AT&T Research Labs and uh, Akamai um, and other research labs as well. And I had this uh, interesting experience of uh, looking at uh, network management problems on these different uh, uh, domains, like cellular network domain and content distribution network domains. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, here at uh, the Networking and Distributed Systems Lab, we are looking at uh, similar research problems, uh, in particular, edge orchestration. Let's dive in into the topic uh, of our podcast today. What, what, is, what does it mean to orchestrate edge? Yeah, so I think there are two parts here. So mm-hmm. one is what is edge or edge computing? And the second part is like when we see orchestrating the edge, what do we do exactly, right? So for the first part, it's kind of hard to find a standard textbook definition of edge computing. But I guess it's briefly about um, a distributed computing paradigm that outside of data centers. Mm-hmm. And um, what we do there is it, it's all about getting closer to where the users are and where data is generated. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, uh, what we do uh, for orchestrating the edge, it's, I think it's not that different from uh, a regular orchestration of a regular c- cluster in their, uh, in their centers. For instance, what we do is like uh, we are connecting the upper application layer with the lower in- infrastructure layer. For example, uh, we need to define how the application is um, started. Um, up, uh, updated, upgraded, all mm-hmm. the way to the termination. But one more thing we needed to fo- uh, focus on is like what is so special ab- about the edge and what are the things we need to optimize in order to make edge orchestration a better um, system. Okay, and how is 
orchestrating edge different than orchestrating data centers or clusters or large machines? Right, that's a great question. I think um, my understanding is that there are three major differences. The first one is we already have very limited and constrained resources on the edge. For instance, like in data centers, what we used to have is racks of powerful servers with CPUs, GPUs, like 40 gig or 100 gig network and stuff like that. But when we move on to Edge, we don't have any of those. So we might only have at most a rack of small servers and maybe in many cases, it's just a couple of boxes. And even those boxes are not really fully fledged servers. They are more like HP Edgeline products or stuff like that. So that really creates a very constrained resource situation. And the second part is the heterogeneity in terms of both let's say, infrastructure and application. So from the infrastructure perspective, we, might, uh, we may have, on some sites, we, we may have more uh, and different types of hardware resources. On smaller sites, we may, on, uh, we may only have a few of them. So this is going to create a different and uh, heterogeneous infrastructure case. I guess Frost can give you more, more example about this. And for applications, um, when we to better utilize the edge computing or mm -hmm. the power of edge computing, what we want to do is we want to design the applications or redesign the applications in a way to make it more decomposed and distributed. So in that case, we can place different smaller components at different places. It could be in data centers or the edge in order to release the full power of edge computing. And the last one is probably uh, on the edge, we really don't have enough IT professionals, mm -hmm. which is different from data centers where we have a lot of IT professionals to manage them, to maintain them, and stuff like that. But on, on the edge, it's kind of difficult to have uh, to assign those IT professionals to every single edge site because the case is we usually have a, a large fleet of smaller sites, right? So in that case, it's kind of hard to do this. And even we can't do this, the customers probably don't want to spend money and effort on this. They want to spend their resources on their core business logic rather than managing the edge. So I think those are the three key things. Faraz, Liangji already hinted into that, mm -hmm. but could you elaborate a little bit more? What are the benefits? Is it ease of deployment? Uh, Liangji mentioned there aren't many staff, so you really want to automate. Can you elaborate a little bit more on this? Yeah, so I think that the key benefit here for orchestrating Edge is uh, uh, providing this, uh, this, or filling this gap that, uh, that is the lack of IT professionals. And uh, because of that, um, the customers, uh, which are enterprises, they, they have this uh, uh, large uh, uh, capex, uh, like capital expenditure and operational expenditures that they have mm -hmm. to spend on managing the infrastructure. And uh, that is because of this heterogeneity in the workloads and also uh, the heterogeneity in the hardware infrastructure that is deployed on the edge. Mm -hmm. So by orchestrating edge, uh, if we automate this whole process of orchestrating hardware uh, resources and workload resources, we are simplifying this whole workflow. And so uh, this simplification is the key benefit here. And it, it also highlights this or takes us towards uh, making this as a service vision much mm -hmm. more easier. And what scalability are we talking about? What are your design points? Are we talking about you know, a couple of uh, edges, dozen edges, hundreds, thousands, millions? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so here we are, when we talk about edge orchestration, mm -hmm. um, uh, 
we are looking at potentially thousands of edge uh, edge points or edge uh, uh, sites um, and uh, when we talk about edges we want to address this elephant in the room which is that edge is now uh, becoming the data source it's it's not a data sink anymore mm-hmm. and so this brings a lot of uh, scalability issues with it uh, uh, so these edge sites different edge sites they need to connect to uh, some cloud replicated services and um, in order to uh, connect to these services they have some sort of like a best performing replica selection mechanism where they can select one particular service on the cloud and uh, access uh, uh, the uh, the services that are being uh, provided mm-hmm. uh, but what happens is that if all the edge thousands of these edge sites connect to one particular ser- uh, service then it's uh, uh, introducing a, a huge load on that so the load balancing is one aspect of the scalability that we need to look at then there is the second aspect of uh, 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 from the customer point of view mm-hmm. which is saying that uh, our customers they want to manage these thousands of edge sites and uh, let's say if they are deploying applications which are containerized mm-hmm. then they also want to deploy some sort of a container orchestration platform like asmeral container pr- platform mm-hmm. and they don't want to manually configure this ecp on those thousands of edge sites and we want to provide these this automation in this uh, management uh, part of the uh, whole uh, edge orchestration where they can with, with a few clicks they can deploy this deploy and configure these uh, container platforms uh, on these thousands of edge sites without uh, significant manual interf- intervention and so that is another scalability aspect uh, there where they have to manage the thousands of edge sites and we want to automate this whole process and and what is the performance in terms of time or what 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 else do you measure uh, so there are two different layers of performance metrics that we want to look at uh, we want to talk about here one is that uh, when we talk about applications which are deployed mm-hmm. these applications are um, have different performance requirements for example uh, a cloud gaming application um is uh, is an is a very uh, interesting use case for edge edge uh, uh, use uh, in in when we talk mm-hmm. about edges and they are latency sensitive applications because uh, users of these applications which are players uh, uh, they don't want to experience significant lag when they are playing the game so uh, that is one performance metric that we want to look at then there could be file transfer applications which are throughput intensive so that is another performance metric that we want to look at and then um, there could be compute intensive applications like ml uh, distributed deep learning applications which are deployed on the edge and so we want to look at uh, that um, what is the resource usage of those uh, of those types of applications then there is a second layer uh, on top of it which is um, from the customer viewpoint that uh, the owners of these applications they want to define some high level objectives of how these applications are performing and so these are also some performance metrics which uh, we want to control and manage as well very nice um and, and linji you already brought up earlier the that it it's required to automate everything yeah. but 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 automation usually brings some degree of complexity what yeah. is the ease of deployment in orchestration that's approach? a very good question so when we think of edge like the um giving extra homework to our customers just because of the introduction of edge computing it really is the last thing we wanted to do right we wanted to give a intuitive experience to our, to um to our customers and that's why 
we really what we want to do is basically to provide something like a intent-based and a declarative man, uh, management approach. So in that case, a, a user, when he wants to either deploy a edge or um, manage the applications running on the edge and the data centers, he doesn't really have to specify the detailed steps of everything he wants to do. Like, see, let, let's see if he wants to deploy a, application, a machine learning inference application on the edge. Then he doesn't have to or he shouldn't do is specify, okay, this is instance number one, I want to start this on edge number one, and this is instance num number two, it's going to do the, tra uh, the training part, so I put it on data center, and all this kind of stuff have to be done, but they, they should not be done by the, uh, the mm -hmm. users themselves. So what we do is like, we wanted to come up with this declarative API interface, so they just needed to specify the desired state of what they want to do. And it's our job, it's the job of the orchestration system to figure out, okay, in order to get there, what are the things we need to do? Of course, this is, sounds like a very challenging job to do, and it is, and we, um, the and we sort of like take, took the first step. Like in one, in one of the projects, which is the edge container as a service, what we do is like, we want to apply this concept or adopt this kind of methodology for creating a edge size. So in that project, our goal is like, see if a user wants to deploy a edge or multiple edge sites, right? There are actually a lot of technical details they need to see, like see what is the operating system I want to use, what is the container orchestration system I want to use, like Kubernetes, KCS, whatever, and then what is the container network interface they want to use. So all those details need to be specified, but we don't want them to come from the users. So we, what we do is just like, let them to specify their high level business goals. Like this is a use case for a retail store. And they wanted to do this for deploying a, like a video analytics application and this kind of stuff. And based on their selections of those high level goals, we are going to try to understand and analyze those, those goals and translate them intelligently to the lower level details so they don't have to worry all this. So the whole point of this is like, we wanted to make Edge like invisible to the users rather than adding more work to their daily life. Very interesting, great approach. Uh, beside ease of, um, I guess, deployment and orchestration, what are the other challenges uh, in, in this area of Edge orchestration? Right, so, um, so we talked about some performance metrics that we are looking at. So um, the, for uh, when we talk about the applications which are running on the edge, um, these performance metrics, they um, directly translate into the experience that the users of these applications are uh, having. And so uh, the, the quality of the experience that these users are having, it uh, we want to uh, manage that quality of experience in a declarative fashion. Uh, by declarative, I mean an intent-based approach for uh, managing the quality of experience. And to do that, the, uh, one of the major challenges is that uh, these applications are now being containerized. Mm -hmm. And because these applications are being containerized, there are so many different parts, and we want to measure the how different of uh, different components of these applications are performing and then model it mm -hmm. and based on those models uh, the orchestration uh, decisions uh, automatically scale up scale down mm -hmm. or do the placement of the uh, of different components of the application and so we want to uh, ideally we want to adopt this philosophy of uh, 
deploy, um, declare, decouple, and deploy, where we want to provide the customers or the owners of these applications a declarative way to define how the, they want their applications to perform. Then uh, um, we want to uh, have this orchestration framework which can automatically figure out how to decouple different parts of the application, where to place uh, uh, compute-intensive uh, parts of the application, and where to place uh, the throughput intensive or network required, uh, which, or components of the application which, which require more uh, bandwidth and stuff like that. And then finally uh, do the deployment of the application. So you're talking about 3Ds? 3Ds, yeah. When I spoke to Puneet, your manager last time, he was talking about 3Cs, so we have advanced <laughs> since. Yeah. Uh, Liam you were talking about various verticals. Right. Verticals are usually connected to regulatory compliance. Yeah. There are some limitations for each different vertical. Mm -hmm. So how do you deal with these as a part of orchestration? Uh, that's a very good question. So I assume you were talking about something like um, T uh, TDPR. This, this for example, this, right? Yeah. Um, so this is, I think, this is a perfect example of why we choose this uh, intent-based declarative mm -hmm. management approach, right? So think of this like the applications or regulations are rules. It pretty much says like, okay, you can do this or you can't do that, or you can do this under this circumstance, uh, this kind of stuff. But what it doesn't say is like, okay, how am I supposed to get this? And that's from the, so the rules are more from a user perspective. So we consider this as a task that our orchestration system is supposed to automatically take care of. For instance, if the, based on, T, let's say, GDPR rules, we, we see like, okay, data generated on this edge site cannot be moved out. So in, to, to implement this, a user probably needs to do a lot of work in order just to, okay, we are not going to move data out of the world. Because it's not just moving the data, it's also about what if you wanted to use the data for some analysis, right? In that case, you are moving the compute from somewhere else to the data. And that's a consequence of this um, um, regulation rules. So what we do in, the, in, in this case is like, you, you probably just need to see, uh, specify a data locality rule. Let's see, data locality for edge site A check, done. And then the next things are the things we are going to do. Like first, we are going to probably, when we create the site, create a large volume of persistent storage because we want to store data there. Because we know we are going to store mm -hmm. data there and we are not going to move them out. So we need a large volume of storage. And then the next thing is like, if some of the applications are going to use the data for analysis, inference, or what, what, whatever, then the application management is go going to move that component from somewhere else to here. And even this, uh, uh, this decision is not preferred, which means you probably don't have that much computer resource on this site to run this, uh, to run this component, but because of the regulation rule, this is something you have to do because that has a higher priority in this case. But from user perspective, they don't care. They don't need to care about this. That's what we want to do. Excellent. So your Previous answer leads us almost directly into security issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tell us more. How do you deal with security when you right. orchestrate edge? <clears throat> I think there are basically two piece, two aspects of security we are talking about. One is like security attacks, um, malicious attacks that directly on the orchestration system. Mm -hmm. This part is kind of rare. We don't really see this happen a lot. It's like the attack is trying to break down your orchestration system itself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of not very common. But the other, which is more common, common cases attacks tar targeted either on the edge devices or especially IoT devices. This is a much bigger pro uh, pro uh, problem on the edge, even compared to the data center case. And the reason, I think there are 
roughly two reasons of this. So the first one is, if we think of the edge, edge is it's closer to the users, it's closer to data it's generated, but it's also closer to whoever wants to attack them. So they can be e easy, it can be, it's easier for them to access the edge rather than mm -hmm. data centers because data center physically is better isolated and protected. And because of this, edge is more vulnerable, especially for IoT devices, if you consider that as part of the edge. It's more vulnerable um, in in terms of you know security and mal malicious security attacks. And the other part is also about the constrained resources that we have on the edge. Like in data centers, you have enough resources to run anything you want, like any pro pro uh, protection, mm -hmm. antivirus scans, so software analysis, do whatever you want. But on the edge, you probably don't have that kind of luxury to do this, right? You don't have that uh, resource to run all those pro pro protection stuff. Um, and that's on, on that end, we did some research about this. So what we are trying to do is like, we want to design a, uh, in that project called Aspion. So what we want to do is like, we wanted to design a more lightweight uh, intrusion detection system. And it works in a more reactive way rather than a proactive way. So for, uh, for example, what we do is like, first we decouple the um, collection part and the detection part. So on the device, we're going to run the, run the collection part, which is going to collect different types of log, like process information, system call information, stuff like that. But we don't do anything about it. We just uh, collect them and pack them and send them back to the servers. And on the servers, we are going to learn, OK, what is going on there? Uh, is there anything wrong with uh, the current behavior and make the detections over there? So in that case, we can make, we can decouple the um, lightweight part and the more heavy duty analysis and detection part. And we can also make it more portable. So that collection part can run any uh, can run on any IoT devices that is Linux based. So along the same line, we also have other projects which is ongoing, uh, try to address the DDoS attack from an edge gateway perspective. But that, pro that product is not really completed yet. DDoS denial of service attack. Yes, yes. We mentioned earlier that the vision of our company is edge to cloud data-driven platform as a service. It seems obvious to me, but I'll still like for you to explain how does your work fit into that vision? Right. So um, when we talk about edge orchestration, we uh, want to uh, automate this process of orchestration, of uh, making the decisions on um, which uh, orchestration uh, container orchestration platforms to deploy, how to make decisions of scaling up, scaling downs, and all those processes. Um, so, ideally, the model for as a service is to reduce the capital expenditure and the operational expenditure of the customers, as well as simplify the IT workflows for the for managing the edge sites. And by providing this automation on these uh, very uh, lower layer and deeper uh, uh, performance related uh, decisions uh, and doing a declarative way of uh, uh, managing the infrastructure, uh, we, uh, we exactly address this pain point of reducing the capital expenditure and uh, uh, simplifying the IT workflows. Very nice. And now if we go to the next level of detail from the vision to the products. How does this work contribute to HP products? Uh, that's, a, that's a very good question. So um, a lot of our research projects, I think, have been translated um, to 
build pro uh, product. It's not entirely at least designed as a, a prototype. For instance, we have this uh, ECAS project, Edge Container as a Service pro uh, project. We started as a prototype of helping people to deploy and create Edge sites. And we started, it's, it was, I think it was started as a discovered demo. And then we, gra we graduate, when we roll this out, when we do the demo, we got connected with the, uh, the Grand Lake team. So we started to integrate our prototype with the Grand Lake platform. And, and then and we also published pa uh, papers on this project. And then uh, at this point, I think ECP is trying to take this over. Of course, not use it as is. It's like uh, do more en 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 uh, engineering work to make it uh, basically the first um, edge services. Uh, as part of the ECP product line. This work seems like a fertile ground for standards. Mm -hmm. So Faraz, are there any standards in this area or de facto standards or how, how does community strive towards common mm -hmm. approaches? Yeah, so I think that there are um, a lot of open source projects. Uh, Linux Foundation is uh, an organization that oversees uh, a lot of these such efforts. And within Linux Foundation, there is uh, a Linux Foundation Edge, also known as LF Edge umbrella organization, which uh, is striving to develop open sets of APIs, vendor neutral APIs for edge computing platforms. And uh, within Linux Foundation, there is an ONAP project, also known as Open Network Automation Platform, mm -hmm. which is striving to develop uh, uh, this end-to-end uh, uh, -end automation framework for edge orchestration. Very nice, very nice. So, seems like we're in good shape, yeah. standards-wise. Yeah. Do you gentlemen also publish your work? Uh, do you patent? Yeah, yeah. because I think that's all, actually one of the reasons why um, I decided to join HP. Because even when I was an intern, um, we submit, we published papers, and one of the papers got accepted as a, uh, the best paper of the conference. And, uh, Congratulations. Even, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and even, for, uh, even when I was an intern, in, uh, in turn, we submit patent applications and they are all granted as, as of now. So yeah, we do all this kind of stuff. For the same project, we try to publish um, research papers, we try to submit patents, and if possible, we wanted to transfer them to the BUs to build real pro uh, products based on it. Excellent. So we spoke about the technology, but uh, life is not only about technology, you have life outside of the work. What do you do to wind down? What do you do outside of the work? Yeah, so I uh, like to hike a lot, um, and uh, so I have a one-year-old daughter, and I uh, have uh, been taking her out uh, for hiking as well. Um, I've very recently learned about a 100-peak challenge uh, within the Bay, Silicon Valley Bay Area. So uh, there is this uh, ring of uh, different peaks, and, uh, uh, and I like to go there uh, whenever the weather weather permitting and also um, depending upon how much time I have and like to at least one day uh, complete that 100 peak challenge. Very nice. How about you, Linji? Yeah, um, I used to do a lot of stuff. I guess uh, the pandemic changed a lot, I guess. Yeah. But before that, um, I play badminton. Um, at my spare time, we have a small group. Uh, even at Purdue and here as well, we play badminton sort of like regularly, like once a week or twice a week if time permits. Um, and uh, I also play so uh, soccer by myself. Mm. Um, it's kind of hard to find a team here, I guess, for some reason. I don't know why. It's probably I'm looking at the wrong place or stuff like that. Um, but uh, I used to play like by myself, just uh, some practice and things like that. Um, and uh, after pandemic, like there is 
basically very little chance to play all those kind of spots. So I, my wife and I started to hike. I think it's similar to for us. Mm -hmm. Like we started to explore the trails around Bay Area and stuff like that. We, we recently went to Yosemite and uh, hike a very long trail of like, I don't know, five miles or something like that. That was a very good experience. Uh, it's not only distance, it's the height. <laughs> it's exactly. It's the grade, exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure if you knew I was soccer coach for 18 years. Oh, yeah, nice. We should talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, thank you very much. Uh, it was extremely interesting, both technology-wise and private life-wise. We saw how much we all have in common. Right. I like hiking too, so we should <laughs> do something about both soccer and, and hiking. Thank That's you very it. much for joining us today.